everybody. Welcome to Sharp Thoughts. I am John, also known as DJ Sharp. And in this podcast, we're going to take an open and honest look at well, my life. I'm going to talk about my battles with mental health, like depression and anxiety. I'm going to talk about my efforts to get my shit back together, to be a better father, husband, and just overall man. So we're going to discuss getting back into the gym, getting the weight down. We're going to discuss clean eating, and I'm going to address my love affair with food. I hope to have an organic conversation with uh, friends and other experts in fields that I know little to nothing about and have a variety of things on this podcast. But most importantly, this podcast is going to be about men's mental health and the struggles that we all face with it, whether we want to admit it or not. So I invite you guys into my life. I invite you guys to take the trip with me. And I hope and I pray that one person gets something from this podcast. So let's go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. Episode two, Sharp Thoughts. I am Sharp, John, DJ Sharp, whatever you want to call me. Um, so this podcast, we're going to get into it. This podcast may be a bit heavy, but it's okay. Um, we're going to get into depression, anxiety, and sleep apnea and how they're all kind of correlated. Because when we start looking at what the symptoms are in men, there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of correlations. So we're going to talk about a lot of that. So let's begin with depression. The physical signs of depression, chest tightness, digestive problems, something as simple as gas, uh, diarrhea, or on the other side, constipation. Um, you could be suffering with um, erectile dysfunction or other sexual problems, uh, monster headaches, hormonal issues like low testosterone, just overall pain, uh, racing harder, heart palpitations, and unintended weight loss. And in some, and in some cases, we're going to flip that and it's going to be weight gain. Um, so what does what does any any of that mean? So your body is telling you there's something wrong. And it's using physical triggers to tell you you need to go get some help. Um some some of the mental things that we see in men's depression that you don't actually quite see on the outside. Um the inability to concentrate, memory problems, uh obsessive compulsive thought patterns. Racing thoughts, sleep issues, usually difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, and those suicidal intrusive thoughts. So let's kind of talk about those for a minute because I don't think we really understand what those really look like. So let's start with the inability to concentrate. What does that look like? Constantly getting up to go do something, constant trips to the bathroom, constant trips to get a drink, constantly having to look at something else, uh, you're deep in work or school or just trying to do something. Maybe you're looking up a new workout routine or you're trying to learn about some nutritional things. Um, so you flip over to Instagram. You flip over to uh, TikTok. You flip over to Twitter. Uh, you start browsing Amazon for what their daily deals are. Whatever, whatever it is, you are struggling to stay focused on the task at hand. Whatever that task may be. You're struggling with it. Uh, memory problems. How many times have we walked into a room to say something to somebody? I'm like, damn it. Now I got to go back and try to retrace my steps. Or uh, your significant other asks you to pick up X, Y, and Z from the grocery store. You didn't write any of it down. It was only three damn things. And you forgot two of them. Uh, you were asked to do something at work at 12 o'clock. And at 1 o'clock, you're knocking on your boss's door being like, look, I know you told me to do this. I don't remember what it is. Um, obsessive compulsive thought patterns that could be hyper focused on a single mistake you made 
any point in time. How many times you've been sitting there? Now I'm 38 years old, and I can still remember stupid ass moments I had when I was 16 years old. When I'm looking at myself like, hey, "You dumbass!" That was 22 years ago, and I'm still, I can still recall those things at the drop of a hat. Um, racing thoughts. You just can't focus. Your mind is all over the place. You're jumping from one idea to the next. Uh, you're jumping in stories. You're just you're all over the place. You got to be able to kind of narrow things down and, and get back on track. Um, sleep issues, difficulty falling asleep, and those are going to go back to the obsessive compulsive thought patterns. It's going to go back to racing thoughts. It's going to go back to memory problems. Man, I know there was something I was supposed to do today, and I don't remember what it was. Or, out of nowhere, oh my gosh, the light bill is due in three days, and I didn't write the check yet. Or I didn't log in and sign, and sign in and, and pay the bill yet. Well, you got three days. Go to sleep. Get it first thing in the morning. You got 100,000 things, and all 100,000 things pop up right as you're trying to go to sleep. Um, or difficulty staying asleep. How many times have we just, I know I can talk about this. You just roll over. You ain't know how long you was asleep. It could be 20 minutes. It could be three hours, but all of a sudden you're up. You don't understand why. And you're struggling to get back to sleep. Um, and suicide. Ooh, suicide's tough. Suicide is, I mean, it is what it is. It is a temporary problem or a temporary situation that whoever is having those intrusive thoughts is looking for a permanent fix. So let me flip that to make sure that it makes sense in a way that I, I didn't say that the way I wanted to. It is a permanent fix for an always temporary solution or an always temporary problem. Um, statistically, Men are three, four, three or four times more likely to commit suicide than women. Why? We let the depression get out of control. We do not recognize the signs. Or we aren't comfortable enough in ourselves to seek the help that we need. There is no shame in admitting that you're not okay. And to allow those kind of thoughts... To just be, oh, the weepies. Or, man, sack the, sh sack the fuck up. Get back to work. Do what you do. You're a man. You're not supposed to be dealing with this shit. Man, fuck all that noise. Go get the goddamn help you need. And it's not jumping on Instagram. It's not jumping on Facebook. It's not jumping on TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter and whatever. It's not Googling. It's calling the suicide helpline. It's talking to a primary care physician. It's talking to professionals. There is no shame in not being okay. It is always okay to not be okay. It is not okay to allow yourself to ignore not being okay or to chalk it up to some bullshit that's irrelevant. Um, and these are always, this is a tough conversation to have because it's just not, it's not, it's not something that is normalized in society for men to have these conversations. Now we're seeing a huge push, 
we're seeing a huge, huge transition where men are all over social media uh, and really having these conversations more. Um, I really wish I knew the gentleman's name, but he does these great TikToks where it's uh, reasons to stay alive. And his reasons are biscuits and gravy and bacon and boobs and like just goofy things. But it, it brings a sense of joy and it brings a sense of want to stay alive. Like who doesn't love bacon? I mean, vegans don't love bacon, but they have vegan bacon because bacon is that good. So why wouldn't you want to be alive for bacon? And as an overweight man that just genuinely loves food, yeah, I want to be alive for bacon. I'd love bacon. Um, but, you know, there's some other emotional symptoms that come around with depression that I think that that we can that we need to make sure that we discuss in this. Um, so on top of just kind of feeling sad, feeling hopeless, um, other signs of depression in men, agitation, aggression, anger, emotional withdrawal from family, friends and colleagues, a sense of hopelessness. A lack of interest in family, community, hobbies, and work. A lack of libido and restlessness. So let's let's kind of get into some of those. The easiest one, lack of libido. My wife is fine as hell. When I'm having some of my when I'm having those moments where the depression kind of takes over, because we're not we're all gonna have bad days. I kind of withdraw from my wife. I'm really not interested in intimacy um, in those moments. And what man can really turn that kind of stuff down? But if we're having those lax of libidos, man, we got to tell it. We got to tell a professional. Talk to your doctor about that. Um, agitation. That's that's an easy one. You're just pissed off about dumb shit. You're easily irritated over things that really aren't as important as we think they are. So the milk spilt on the counter when your kid was trying to pour milk in a cup and you just fly off the handle. Uh, a bee gets in the house and you fly off the handle. You don't like the noise the bird is making outside at six o'clock in the morning. So that pisses you off. Traffic pisses you off. The radio not playing the right song. What? Uh, aggression. Um, road rage. And I know road rage is a whole other conversation, but how quickly we get pissed off when we're driving, um, how quickly we snap back on something that we may just know in our minds, just let that roll off. It's really not that deep. What are they going through that I'm not? Um, the emotional withdrawal from friends and family. I think that's one. That's a key one. I, I don't think we recognize that. Um, you know, we see all over the place. Beware of the, beware the power of the man who can be alone. Um, that the lone wolf thing, the alpha male bullshit, the fuck all that noise. We are not creatures that are built to just be alone. That's why we find significant others. That's why we procreate. That's why we do. We build these little tribes and now we're part of bigger tribes. Uh, we have uh, circles of friends. We have family. We have our work colleagues that you build relationships with, whether you want to admit that or not. When you start withdrawing from all those things and you just want to sit alone, that's not necessarily a good sign. Now, for us that are extreme to minimal introverts, I get that. Sometimes we just need that that time alone to 
kind of focus on whatever we need to focus on. And I understand that and I respect that. Um, but on the other side, when it's consistent, you're not just recharging yourself so you can go to the family barbecue. You just don't want to go to the family barbecue. That's a problem. So make sure you're aware of those. Um, hopelessness. Things get better. And that's where the suicide kind of, that's where the suicide stuff really starts to scare you. Um, I'll be sure to have, when I create the, the description for this, this episode, I'm going to put some suicide prevention stuff and links to that stuff in the, in the description of this podcast. Cause I want to make sure, I want to make sure we have places that we can reach out to. Um, there's only so much discord groups and Facebook groups and social media can do when it gets to those levels. We need, we need serious help. And I, and I think that we need to be able to reach out for those, uh, restlessness. You're just uneasy. It's you can't get comfortable. You can't relax. Yeah. You're tired. You're sad. You feel hopeless and you're still fidgety. You're still just not able to unwind and decompress after a tough day. Um, and that, and that's tough. Uh, and when all of this stuff com compounds itself, uh, we have, we have uh, bigger issues. Uh, we have difficulty meeting work, family, and other personal responsibilities. We can't meet work responsibilities. Work is not a charity. They're there to run a business. You're not meeting your goals. Performance reviews come in. Discipline comes in. Performance improvement plans come in. And all of a sudden, you're unemployed because you didn't focus on yourself. You didn't get yourself the help you need, and now you're unemployed, and now you got a whole host of other issues, and now we're going to compound it even more. Uh, drug and alcohol misuse. How many people you hear, oh, man, I just... I need to get hammered this weekend. Man, I need to get fucked up this weekend. You need it? If you need those things, you're doing life wrong. And you got to take a, a very, very serious look at yourself and what you're doing. It's okay to have a drink. It's okay to have a couple beers with friends. It's okay to have wings and beer. It's okay to have a glass of scotch with a cigar. It's okay to have a rum and coke on your anniversary dinner. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. In moderation, all of those things are okay, and they're great, and they're, it's cool. But when you're coming home from work, and the first thing you got to do is crack open a beer or pour a drink, that's a sign that it could be an issue. Or you need marijuana to do something. You need to have that, that little, the little vape pens on you at all times. That's not, that's not normal. That's not normal. Uh... And we can go on and on about those, but yeah. Um, engage. How many people we see that just do dumb shit are uh, sexually ambiguous and they're not using proper protection? Um, they just decide that they're gonna go out for a drive and they're doing 150 on a highway on a motorcycle. Uh, come on, man. Those that's. That's putting a lot of that's putting a lot on the line because you're not getting the help you need. Um, social isolation. We talked about that. Um, that emotional withdrawal. You got a, a host of text messages from friends and family that want to see you and want to reach out and want to do shit, and you just want to sit on a you just want to sit on a couch with a cheesesteak and watch the same three episodes of a TV show again. Um, that starts to get draining in its own way.
So I think that we need to address those kind of things. Um, and worst case scenario is the suicide attempt. Um, we know from statistics that men are way more likely to pull off a suicide than women. And with this being a men's mental health podcast, we have to say that men are going to be more extreme with their attempts, uh, guns, speeding, intentionally wrecking motorcycles and motor vehicles to do what you do, um, cutting. And well, I don't want to get too deep into that because that can really bring some of the positive light that we're going to bring back with this podcast. So if you are having any of those kind of intrusive thoughts, whether it's uh, military related, um, chemical imbalances, whatever it is, please, please, please make sure that you seek some sort of actual genuine professional help. Um, there are chemical imbalances in our brains that will cause us to have these kind of thoughts and left unchecked. It can only manifest itself in a myriad of ways that can cause a lot of issues. Um, so please, please, please make sure you're getting the help that you need. All right. So with depression, the last thing I want to say, and I'm going to say it so many times in this podcast series, this is not just a one and done moment. It is okay to not be okay. I'm going to say it again. It's something I, I truly, truly believe in. It is okay to not be okay. What is not okay is ignoring that we're not okay and not doing something about it to be okay. All right. Depression. We talked about it. Let's get into anxiety. Anxiety is a whole other monster. I think statistically, I think it's almost 50% of people that deal with depression deal with anxiety in some way, shape, or form. Um, so I'm going to run down a list of the most common anxiety symptoms. Anger and irritability. We talked about that in depression. Strained relationships because you're exhausted. Withdrawn. We talked about that with depression. Overuse of alcohol, drugs, porn, video games, technology. We talked about we talked about addiction in depression, uh, struggling to concentrate, struggling with budgeting, uh, headaches, stomach issues. See, these same things are creeping back. Uh, trouble sleeping, weak and lethargic, muscle and neck pain, a messy house, and struggling with work and school. So with anxiety, we see all of those symptoms. But what is anxiety? Anxiety is a primal chemical moment in the brain that tells us a lion is chasing us and is going to kill us, but we can't see the lion. That was one of the best explanations I have ever got when I started my, when I started to try to figure out why my anxiety was crazy. I'm going to say this again. It is a primal chemical moment from our fight or flight days during the evolutionary period of human of humanity at some point we were chased by lions i don't know about you guys but that would scare me shitless that would be the scariest moment of my life if i actually had a lion running behind me so 
our brain is telling us, dog, you got a lion chasing your ass. But I can't see, find, or get away from this lion. So what does my body do? My body just freaks out. The heart palpitations, the uneasiness, the sweating, all of those things that come with anxiety. Once my anxiety attack calms down, then I feel super weak. I can feel super lethargic. I just, that has absolutely physically and emotionally drained me for the day. It could happen in three minutes or three hours. The I've had a myriad of different kinds of attacks. So I know how I feel with an anxiety attack. I know what it does to my body physically. Now it's learning how to adjust when these things happen. Um, first, you got to figure out, I, I had to learn the hard way what my triggers were. What triggers my anxiety? What what things going on in my life? One of the one of the first things I had to do is I had to stop wearing my Apple Watch. Um, one, I love watches. I love watches of all kind, but I, I was I am a super tech dork, so I made sure to have my Apple Watch on me. Um, but I didn't turn off the notifications properly, and I was getting notifications all day, every day, all day, every day. The little would go off on my wrist and I would have to know what it was in that moment whether it was an email from work or a text message or that uh, hey take a minute to breathe or bleacher report or a personal email or Amazon had a daily deal or this that the third whatever I had this overwhelming amount of notifications so much so that I would be at I'll be out with friends. John, you good? You watching the time? No, uh, Bleacher Report just sent me a notification. Oh, we thought you were, uh, had to get going. N no. Well, you just kept checking your watch. Yeah, I know. It's, it's one of them tech. You know what? You're right. And I would turn it off. Um, just all of these different stupid ass things that caused us or caused me to look at myself like, man, what are you fucking doing? Put the watch away. It's stupid. It's not doing what you want it to do anyway. So what's the what's the purpose? Uh, and then I actually wound up uh, seeking professional help for it because it was really affecting me. It it causes uh, very intense tension headaches for me. Um, the, the headaches that are just in the back of the neck and they kind of radiate up through and behind the eye. Um, neck pain and I was getting the stomach things and all of these things from anxiety. So I really had to really had to figure out how to cope with those things. Um, and the big thing that I learned is the breathing techniques. So there's two key breathing techniques that I have learned that have really helped me to manage my anxiety. Uh, the first one is always is square breathing. It's one of the easiest things that, that they teach. Um, it's one of the quickest ways to kind of de-stress your Apple watch will tell you to do it all the time. Um, whether you want to or not is up to you. Uh, but you just kind of breathe in for three to five seconds, hold it for three to five seconds, release for three to five seconds, hold for three to five seconds, and just kind of repeat the process. So you're kind of, it is forcing you to kind of focus on your breathing. It's going to slow, it's going to force you to slow your breathing down and just really do what it's supposed to do and kind of de-stress you a little bit. That's for stress. 
That is when you start feeling stressed and you feel that you may be seeing an anxiety attack coming in. You need to know, all right, shit, I got something going wrong. Let me try to get ahead of this. But sometimes anxiety attacks just come out of nowhere and there is no real trigger. There's just, boom, I'm having an anxiety attack and now shit's fucked up. So we need to kind of reset our brain. So there is a breathing technique where you inhale for three seconds real hard. Hold it for seven seconds. Exhale for three to five seconds. Inhale real big, about three seconds. Hold that for that seven seconds. And then you're going to exhale nice and slow. And that's going to kind of slow the mind down. That's going to force the brain to kind of check itself out of that fight or flight moment where you're t the lion's chasing you and kind of get you back on track and get you calmed down. Um, anxiety is what it is. It is a, it is our inability to manage our stress in most cases. And then it is an irrational reaction to a rational moment. But the, the key is with your anxiety, we're going to try to rationalize and logically deal with something that is absolutely irrational. And that was a big thing for me when I really had to start learning how to deal with the anxiety. Cause I would be like, man, just sack the fuck up. You're fine. There's nothing going on that you need to be anxious about right now. But in my body's mind, in my mind, there was a lion somewhere coming after me. And that was the big, that was the big switch for me where I was able to start kind of not dealing with, not ignoring, but kind of handling and learning to grow with what my issue was. And the other side of it is I got on medication for it. Um, I got on medication for anxiety and depression. I got, I got on medication for depression and I got on blood pressure medication because it was causing some other issues. Um, so I think when we get into the idea of anxiety, yeah, we have all these breathing techniques, we have all these coping mechanisms, but sometimes we just need to get the medication in ourselves. Uh, speaking to a, a medical professional and, and discussing with them the issues will help. It is what it is. Um, and when you don't have all of that stuff, how do we adjust for it? So the last thing I really, I really want to discuss in this podcast is I want to talk about sleep apnea. Um, I know depression and anxiety are tied very, very closely. Um, but I, when we start talking about sleep apnea, you're going to see, again, a huge correlation with the symptoms of sleep apnea. So the most common kind of sleep apnea is obstructed sleep apnea, which is what I, I have been diagnosed with. It is where the soft tissue of the throat starts to relax and it obstructs the airway, hence the name obstructive. Um, it is most common in overweight and people, overweight people and people with larger necks. So you see athletes, uh, mostly it became very, very popular in the nineties when, uh, Reggie white, who was a all time great, probably in many conversations, the greatest defensive end to ever play in the NFL, uh, played for the Green Bay Packers and I believe the Eagles, and I believe he finished his career with the Carolina Panthers. But most notably, he is an all-time Packer great. Um, he was a reverend. He was just a wonderful human being, and he died abruptly in his sleep 
from what they later found out was sleep apnea. Um, his, the weight of his neck, the muscle mass in his neck collapsed his airway and he suffocated in his sleep. Very tragic, terrible, uh, left behind a beautiful wife and a beautiful family. Um, and they've kind of continued on the legacy of sleep apnea awareness. Um, so we think of sleep apnea, we think of it just being big old fat people with, uh, fat necks that can't do what they do. But, um, I've seen instances where, uh, I met a woman who was probably 95 to hundred pounds max suffering with sleep apnea, had a CPAP machine, just that's what they did sleep studies on her. And they found out they had obstructive sleep apnea. Um, I actually spoke to an orthodontist to about a uh, bite guard because I clench real bad when I sleep. I don't grind. I clench and it's my body's defense mechanism to try to keep all of that away, uh, keep all of that airway open. So I clench as hard as possible in my sleep to hold my jaw up and hold my jaw forward to keep the airway from moving and collapsing. I, um, so I went and spoke with an orthodontist about a bite guard to try to help me. And through x-rays and through some things, we learned that my jaw is a little extended. Uh, it goes back a little further than it should. So they might be looking at surgery for me uh, on top of the fact that I just have a clinically diagnosed fat neck. Um, so yeah, sleep apnea is something that is, I've only been, I got diagnosed with it about three years ago and sleep, sleeping with a CPAP is not as much fun as you want it to be. Uh, yeah, it's great that you can look like Bane from Batman. Uh, but on the other side, it's not the most intimate thing in the bedroom. So um, let's first, let's kind of see where we're at with sleep apnea. Um, symptoms to look for with sleep apnea is going to be overly loud snoring, uh, disturbed sleep, morning headaches, uh, just that sleepiness and lack of energy throughout the day. We saw that with anxiety. We saw the headaches with anxiety. We saw disturbed sleep with depression and anxiety. We kind of see all of these symptoms in anxiety and depression as well. Uh, waking up with a dry mouth and a sore throat. That's going to be as a result of the snoring. Um, irritability, mood changes. We saw those two. Uh, loss of libido and insomnia. So we saw all, we saw almost all of those symptoms in anxiety and depression. So I really wanted to tie sleep apnea into this podcast and into this conversation because we know sleep plays such a key role in our mental health. Um, I just had a visit with my primary care physician and we talked, I talked to him. I said, look, man, I'm not feeling myself again. I'm not sleeping right. I'm not energetic. I know I need to lose weight. I know I need to exercise, but I'm going to be very blunt with you. I'm just tired. I'm exhausted. And we kind of looked at some different things. And after all of my vitals came back, after all of the blood work came back and all the other shit that, that doctors do came back, there's nothing physically wrong that would, or biologically wrong that would signify, hey man, you're tired because you have X, Y, Z. We kind of figured out through all of the testing that my depression and my anxiety and my sleep apnea are all kind of fighting with each other to say, hey, John, you're not going to sleep tonight, dick. So you're going to be tired and irritable and depressed and anxious tomorrow, and then you're going to deal with the same thing. So 
as we look at all of these things, my triggers for all of my issues and my depression and my anxiety can lead back to my inability to get a full, true, restful night of sleep. Um, it's one of the key things that I need to work on for myself. So it's one of, one of the things that I really wanted to discuss in this podcast. Because as I said to, as I said in the first podcast, this is going to be a chronicle of my life. This is going to be an organic and open conversation about things that I battle. Sleep apnea, anxiety, and depression are three huge things in my life right now that I'm trying to get a handle on so that I can be the, the best father, friend, husband, and just man that I know God has created me to be. So um, I'm very passionate about these things, and I'm very passionate about making sure that we get this shit into the hands of people that need it so that those people can make the adjustments that they need in their lives so that we can all be the best person that God has created us to be. So we talked about the common symptoms of sleep apnea. Let's get into some of the things that you're going to see if you let your sleep apnea go untreated. Um, you're going to see daytime fatigue. We kind of talked about that in the symptoms. High blood pressure. Um, people with sleep apnea will have varying oxygen content in the blood. Sudden change in oxygen can increase blood pressure and put a strain on the cardiovascular system. Now that puts you at risk for heart disease, strokes, heart attacks. Um, now we're talking about very, very serious problems. With an easy, easy fix, with just a CPAP and some changes to your lifestyle to bring some of the weight down. But the CPAP is easy. The CPAP is an easy, quick fix to give you the energy to work out, to get the exercise, to get the weight down. And now we now we create a new healthy cycle instead of this vicious cycle that sleep apnea has created. Um, type 2 diabetes, sleep apnea. Um, Sleep apnea patients are more likely to get type 2 diabetes, and that has to do with some of the weight gain and some of the imbalances. Um, with the next topic is going to be liver problems. Um, liver functionality can fluctuate with sleep apnea. So for people that don't know, the liver is the largest solid organ in the body. It weighs about 3 pounds, and it is roughly the size of a football in adults. And this organ is paramount to the body's uh metabolic function and immune system and without a functioning liver we can't survive so the liver plays a key role in our immune system and being able to stay healthy and fight off infections and fight colds and fight viruses and all these other things um, and it also allows us to be able to metabolize food to give us the energy to do what we need to do um, so the liver is just paramount to our functionality as humans um, and sleep apnea can disrupt the liver's function um, the metabolic syndrome is increased with people with sleep apnea. So uh, metabolic syndrome is a group of five conditions that can lead to heart disease, diabetes, strokes, and other health problems, which we talked about in some of the other, some of the other uh, prolonged symptoms of prolonged sleep apnea. Um, high blood glucose. So now you're looking at sugar. Now you're looking at diabetes. Uh, low levels of the good cholesterol in blood. High levels of triglycerides in, in the blood, large weight circumference, or the apple-shaped body, and high blood pressure. So you see high blood pressure, you see glucose uh, in high, being high in the blood. So now you're looking at um, type 2 diabetes. You're looking at all of these. The metabolic syndrome is a myriad of symptoms to bigger, greater issues, which can, and all of this can be alleviated through proper sleep. 
not alleviated, but the key to all of these very, very serious issues is a good night rest. And the good night rest is going to give us the energy the next day to do the things that we know we need to do to be healthy, to be functioning and be the great human being and great man that we have been created to be. Um, so we talked about all of these things. We talked about depression, anxiety, sleep apnea. We talked about what it looks like, what it does on the inside. We talked about um, all the what's. I gave you guys a little insight into what I battle. So how do we fix all of this? It's a great question, and I'm glad you guys asked me this. So first thing we need to do is we need to talk to a professional. That's it. First things first, get with your primary care physician, get yourself tested, get yourself to understand what may or may not be going on in your body. Ask your friends, yo, how have I been lately? How have you seen me? Ask your bosses, look, have I, have I been engaged in work as much as I normally am? Has anything changed? Ask your spouse. Be like, hey, uh, how's our intimacy been? Have I been... Have I been as, because we married him, and I don't know about you guys, but my wife is fine as fuck. If I'm not trying to be intimate with her, that's got to be on me, not her. When I'm, where, that's going to that's gonna be the starting point for me. What am I doing wrong? What am I not seeing? Uh, why am I not initiating intimacy? Um, and we talked about some of the sexual dysfunction that can come with depression, with anxiety. We talked about some of the addictions. Um, I, I did not realize that uh, that the addiction to porn can come into play with anxiety, but it makes a ton of sense when you think about it. It's that intimate instant gratification. It's that quick injection of dopamine versus serotonin. Um, so it's that quick high versus that prolonged, warm, fuzzy feeling you get with serotonin. Um, I thought the the budgeting thing with anxiety was crazy when I was reading about that, but it makes so much sense. Uh, again, it's the dopamine influx where like we buy something stupid and now we're like freaking out. Like, Oh my God, why do I have to buy new underpants? Well, cause every pair of underpants that men own is ripped to shreds and it's not sexy. Underpants are important that, uh, 18 inch cheesesteak I just ate the other night is not as important as a clean pair of underpants. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. So, so many things, so many things come into play when we talk about our mental health and there's so many more things that we can discuss, but I'm going to stick to in the beginning, I'm going to stick to the things that I battle with so that I can speak from a place of comfort I can speak from a place of relatability and I can show you, I can hopefully chronicle what my next steps are. Uh, this podcast is way longer than I thought it would be. I was hoping to keep podcasts between 15 and 20 minutes, but I think this was important to talk about all of these three things at once because they are so interconnected. Um, so let's talk about what's next. We talked about talking about uh, talking to your primary care physician. All right, so he gets you on a CPAP. Now what? 
Now we start feeling better. Now we're re-engaged at work. We start seeing a happiness. Now we start going for walks with our wives. Now we start going to the gym a little bit. All right, now we start feeling good about going to the gym. So now we're more focused on what we're putting in our body. Because the one thing I kind of left out about this conversation is, is how unhealthy foods can help to trigger all of these things. Like we know too much caffeine can trigger anxiety. That's If that's not common knowledge, then you're doing yourself a disservice. So I kind of left food out because food is going to come back in another podcast episode. I really want to talk about my love affair with food and how unhealthy it, it has been in the past and things that I've done in my life to try to, to try to reel that in so that I can teach one, I can take care of myself and show my children how you're supposed to take care of yourself. And on the flip side, I want to instill good habits in them as well. So, so now we're in the gym. Now we're feeling good about being in the gym. Well, we don't want to fuck up what we just did in the gym. So now we're going to eat something a little cleaner, a little healthier. We're going to not gorge on a foot and a half long cheesesteak. We're going to eat that chicken breast with some rice and some broccoli. We're, but we're going to season it so that it's good. We're going to do all those things. We're not going to deprive ourselves of those things because that's going to be another trigger for us. But we don't want to undo all the great things that we just did through sleep and the positive things at work and the positivity that we're building at the gym it's all going to become intertwined so that we're we're feeling better with ourselves um and hopefully that those those habits just keep building and building and now you're setting yourself up to be a leader in those things um i'm nobody special i'm not there is no special makeup about me uh I have just made a conscious effort to be more vulnerable about the things that I battle with and the pitfalls that I have seen over my, my time on this earth. And I want to see if I can help at least somebody avoid those same pitfalls. And by having these open dialogues about what we deal with as men, hopefully that, that kind of changes the narrative a little bit more. That's not just... Uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, make sure you're all right and go do your thing. It's, I'm not okay. I'm not okay and I need to talk to somebody about it. So learning about what those next steps are and learning about what you need to do as someone that is battling those demons and not just reaching for the bottle, not just reaching for the quick hit, not just reaching for that quick in influx of dopamine we're looking at the serotonin chemicals in the brain that warm fuzzy feeling you get when you get a hug from somebody that you love that's that's the good things that you want when you see yourself in the mirror and you just man you just flexing a little bit because the biceps is coming in the chest popping a little bit the cobra back's coming in like the waist is the v-shape is forming like all of those things are so wonderful but they are a product of doing everything behind the scenes and all of the work to build a better mental mental health because mental health, physical health, emotional health, all of those things are going to be so so unbelievably intertwined that we have to take time out to make sure that one the mental health is there so we want to go do those things. Yeah, it's easy to say, man, I don't feel like this. I don't feel like myself today. I don't feel good about myself, so I'm going to go kick the shit out of myself at the gym. And then you overdo it and then you're out for a week because you went too hard because you hate yourself. That's not what we want. So 
man, this podcast is closing in on 45 minutes. So I'm going to wrap it up here. So let's go back. Depression. We talked about what it looks like. We talked about what it doesn't look like, what it feels like. Get the help you need. Talk to your doctor. We talked about the triggers of anxiety. I talked about my triggers of anxiety. You can't battle these things alone. Sleep apnea. Sleep apnea is an unbelievably scary thing. If you are uncontrollably snoring and you're waking up with any of the symptoms that we discussed earlier, talk to your doctor. Get a sleep study done. Find out what is going on and start getting on a CPAP. Start getting in, getting the weight down. Start doing all of the things that you are supposed to do so that you can be the great man that God has created you to be. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this podcast because this is way longer than I thought it would be, and that's okay because it was a great conversation. Um, I wish everybody a absolutely blessed, blessed week. Thank you for spending your time with me. Hopefully it makes somebody's day a little bit better. Never, ever forget that God loves you and so do I. And I'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. I am DJ Sharp and this has been Sharp Thoughts. Hopefully you guys took something away from the podcast, something that you guys can apply to your life to make something in your life better. And always, always, always remember, God loves you and so do I. I'll see you next time. Peace.